You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 272. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Body Podcast. I hope that you are doing great and ready for a healthy summer ahead. Now, in order to help you with that healthy summer, I have an awesome topic today to discuss on the podcast. We're going to talk about what is healthier, this or that. A lot of common questions that I get about certain kinds of foods. Which one should you eat? The white bread or the wheat bread? Which one should you eat? The white potato or the sweet potato? Which one should you eat? That is what we're talking about today with lots of different combinations that people always say which one is better. Some you might think you know the answer to, some you might actually be surprised because I actually found some that definitely surprised me. So we're gonna talk about that today and hopefully you can put these things into play. That way for the summer, you can keep yourself super healthy, super fit and feeling great by maybe just making a few of these swaps. So we're gonna get to all of that after this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from Idea Fitness Journal, there was a great article titled Sweet Appetite. It said that a study involving 74 participants in JAMA Network Open found that women and people with obesity experienced an increase in appetite and food cravings after drinking 300 milliliters of a sucralose-containing beverage compared with those who drank the same amount of water or a beverage with real sugar and not the fake sugar, which is sucralose. In the two hours that followed drink consumption, MRI showed how brain regions involved in appetite and food cravings reacted when participants were shown pictures of tempting foods like a burger and a donut. There was increased activity in those brain areas after women and people with obesity had drinks containing sucralose. The findings from the University of Southern California also showed that drinking sucralose-containing beverages decreased blood levels of hormones related to satiety, that's that feeling of feeling full, and that women, but not male participants who drank sucralose-containing beverages, tended to eat more at the snack buffet than men. The study authors believe these results provides some context for the mixed results from previous studies when it comes to the neural, behavioral, and weight loss effects of artificial sweeteners. For females and those with obesity, drinking artificially sweetened drinks may trick the brain into feeling hungry. The brain may sense that the body did not get the sugar calories it expected from the sweet drink. This in turn may result in people consuming more, not fewer calories throughout the day. But perhaps men and people of lower body weight are less responsive for yet to be determined reasons. It's worth studying if these same results would occur with other low or no caloric sweeteners or when sweeteners are added to solid foods. So here's my feeling. I mean, I talk about this all the time. Artificial anything. 
not good for your body, okay? So if you pick up a package that says sugar-free, especially this summer team, you're looking to you know stay fit, you don't wanna gain summer pounds, and you might be looking for that popsicle to for your family to help you know cool you off at the pool. But that popsicle says it's sugar-free. Sugar-free equals artificial sweeteners, okay? Just so you know, there's nothing healthy about something that says sugar-free because all it means is they're not using real sugar to make it taste good. They're gonna put artificial sweeteners in. Those are chemicals. And as you can see from this article, these chemicals don't always work out in your body the way you think they're gonna work out. You think sugar-free, that's good, less calories, sugar's not good for me. And yet when you potentially drink a sugar-free drink that has sucralose in it, you're then gonna be craving more sugar, potentially more carbohydrates. Potentially then you're gonna take in even more calories and that's why the whole no sugar does not work, all right? Always trust the human body. The human body wants real food and you can have sugar. The sugar is not the problem, it's the amount of sugar people have. So I would rather you just have the popsicle that had real sugar in it your body's gonna digest it. It's gonna say, I'm satisfied now. Instead of having the sugar-free popsicle where you're gonna ingest it and then want more sweet things. It's like you tried to trick your body and your body said, yeah, no, I'm smarter than you. It didn't work. <laughs> okay, so let's stay away from the sugar-free products. Let's stay away from sucralose. So you might be tricked into thinking that sucralose is sucrose. That's not. Sucralose is in a lot of foods. And again, it's an artificial sweetener. A lot of people eat these Quest protein bars. They ask me if they're okay. No, they're not. You wanna know why? They have sucralose in them. Now I can't say 100% of them do. You have to check the label because maybe certain flavors don't have it, but I haven't found that yet. So I'm a big no, no, no on the Quest bars because they have sucralose. Don't depend on that stuff. Depend on real food. You heard it here. Now you know all summer long. All right, team? Okay, so let's get into the topic today, which is what is healthier, this or that? We've got several different items that people ask me about all the time, and some might surprise you, because like I said, some surprised me. But let's start off with the very first one, because I do get this question quite a bit. What is healthier? What should I eat, butter? or margarine? Well, guess what, team? The truth is there was never any good evidence that using margarine instead of butter cut the chances of having a heart attack or even developing heart disease. And making the switch was a well-intentioned guess given that margarine had less saturated fat than butter did, but it overlooked the dangers of trans fats. And this is coming to you today from Harvard Health. Now they said that today the butter versus margarine issue is actually a very big false, it's a false issue. Not even there, it's false. From the standpoint of heart disease, butter remains on the list of foods to use sparingly doesn't mean you can't have butter, but it has a lot of saturated fat, so you just have to use it in moderation. Margarines, though, they're actually not so easy to classify. 
because the older stick margarines turned out to be a lot worse for you than butter was. And some of the newer margarines, they are lower in saturated fat, um, they're high in unsaturated fat, and they are free of trans fats today, which is fine, but you still don't want to use too much. They are actually very high in calories. Now you can quickly compare the health value of spreads, including butter and margarine, simply by looking at the nutrition labels on these products. The FDA requires nutrition labels to include information about the saturated fat, about trans fat, so that you can be educated before you eat something. So your goal is always gonna be to limit how much saturated fat you take in, and you wanna avoid trans fat altogether. Now, like I said, butter is going to be the better option. You still have to have it in moderation. I don't put butter on barely anything. I don't use it very often. It is definitely used in cooking sometimes, but again, in moderation, it's totally fine. I will never use margarine. That's just like not gonna happen for me. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of butter. But some alternatives might be, if you didn't wanna use butter or margarine, Olive oil is a great one. So like the next time you have bread and you're like, oh, it is that nice, hot, gorgeous bread. You can't wait to put that butter all over it. A lot of people actually will consider dipping it in some type of olive oil, sometimes with a balsamic vinegar with it. And that can be a great way to get a little flavor if you are trying to cut back on saturated fat. But butter or margarine, butter. That's going to be your winner today. Next one, brown rice or white rice. Now this information comes from Healthline today. And I'll tell you, I struggle with this one. I really do struggle with brown rice or white rice. And this is going, going to tell you why. First of all, what I want you to know is that all rice is basically just carbs, right? Very tiny amounts of protein and basically no fat. However, brown rice is a whole grain. And that means that it contains all parts of the grain, including the fibrous bran, the nutritious germ, and the carb-rich endosperm. It's chewy, and it takes a while to cook because of the tough bran exterior. Now, white rice, on the other hand, has had the bran and the germ removed. Because these are the most nutritious parts of the grain, white rice is really left with very few essential nutrients. Um, it's definitely softer. It tends to cook a lot quicker as well. Now, brown rice contains more nutrients than white rice, and it may also be more favorable for blood sugar levels, heart disease risk, and even weight control. Brown rice contains the anti-nutrient phytic acid, and it's higher in arsenic than white rice. And this can be a big concern for people who eat a lot of rice. That is my concern. So when I said this one, I struggle with white rice to brown rice. And this is why, because I don't want to eat arsenic. And arsenic is higher in brown rice. So there's sort of this, okay, brown rice has more nutrients than white rice, but brown rice has more arsenic as well. And so that's a problem for me personally. So I struggle because I do love rice. Now, while white rice and brown rice are high in starch and brown rice contains more fiber, nutrients, and even antioxidants, 
When eating white rice, they recommend add legumes, add vegetables. That way at least you're getting the nutrients from other sources. There's technically nothing really wrong with white rice. It just has zero nutrients in it for you. So maybe you can add those other nutrients through those other foods. Now that said, either type of rice can be part of a healthy diet. Um, in history, as you probably know, in cuisine of many cultures, they've been having white rice for a long time. Brown rice definitely has more favorable nutrition um, and nutrients, but there's nothing wrong with having white rice as part of a balanced diet. I personally would not have either rice, white or brown, probably more than once a week due to the arsenic levels in all rice, but again, it's higher in brown rice. And if you are gonna have white rice, just make sure that you're filling it with, you know, or filling your bowl with lots of other nutrients from those vegetables and legumes and things as well. So I personally have been leaning towards like a jasmine rice lately um, versus the brown, because again, I struggle with eating arsenic. <laughs> Call me crazy but I don't like it. But again, in moderation, these amounts are very, very small. So you're gonna have to make your own personal choice on that one. Now, what about this? Question I get all the time, you probably know the answer, but you might be interested in learning what I just learned. White or whole wheat pasta? So the first thing I want you all to know, Yes, you can totally eat pasta. If you knew how many clients I had that come to me for weight loss and I tell them they can eat pasta and they're like, I can? I've been, all these years I've been trying not to eat pasta because they say you shouldn't have pasta because you can't have carbs to lose weight. And I'm always asking them, okay, so for the last couple of years, you haven't had pasta and you came to me because you can't lose weight, right? So whatever you're doing, it's not working. So don't worry about eating pasta. <laughs> pasta is not the problem. Just so you all know out there, eating bread is not the problem. You can have these carbohydrates. You have to have them in moderation and you have to have them in balance with protein and fat. But I hope this brings you joy to know that you can eat pasta. Now, coming to you from Healthline today, white or whole wheat pasta, which one should you have? Well, refined pasta, which is your white pasta is the most popular type of pasta out there, right? And eating refined carbs has been associated with an increased risk of heart disease, high blood sugar, and even insulin resistance. Now, whole grain pasta, that contains a good amount of fiber, manganese, selenium, refined pasta, higher in calories, carbs, vitamin B, and iron, but lower in fiber and most other micronutrients. So whole grains has some pluses and the refined pasta has some pluses, yeah? So is whole grain pasta a better option? Well, whole grains are made from the entire wheat kernel. We kind of just discussed this. As a result, they're higher in fiber. They're higher in vitamins. They're higher in minerals than a refined grain because that refined grain contains only the endosperm, right? And that's it. They take out basically the fiber. Whole grains have been associated with a lower risk of heart disease, a lower risk of colorectal cancer, diabetes, and obesity. However, here's the thing team, keep in mind that whole grain pasta is made from whole wheat flour that has been pulverized. 
And this process actually diminishes the beneficial effects of whole grains found in pasta, since grains with smaller particles are digested more rapidly, leading to greater increases in blood sugar. Therefore, the benefits of pasta made from whole grains are not comparable to the benefits of intact whole grains, like when you eat oats or even the brown rice we talked about or even quinoa. Now still, while there is little difference in the effects of refined and whole grain pastas on your health, pasta is made from whole grain or pasta that is made from the whole grains versus refined still might be a better choice if you're looking to lose weight. It's lower in calories and it's going to make you feel more full boosting because of that boosted fiber than a refined pasta is gonna have. Whole grain pasta also contains a higher amount of the micronutrients, but because it's pulverized, like we said, it's not getting that full amount of nutrients that you think it's getting. So when it comes to refined or whole wheat, I'm not gonna lie, there's probably not a ton of difference, a little bit leading to whole grain, so I would lean towards the whole grain pasta, but if sometimes you wanted to have a regular white pasta, it's not the end of the day. People are not gaining weight because they had a serving of refined pasta. They're gaining weight because they had a lot more than one serving many days in the week and what they put on top of that pasta was sausage and oil and tons of unhealthy things. So always try to make yourself clear that it's not really the pasta that's making people gain weight. It potentially could be the amounts that they're eating or that they don't have balanced nutrition in other ways. But I thought that was really interesting about the pulverization of the whole grain and how that's really reducing all of that nutrient intake. Okay, what's next? White bread? Wheat bread, coming to you from Cleveland Clinic Health. White bread or wheat bread, you probably know the answer, right? But there's a few things you might not know that you need to look for. White bread is processed more than whole wheat bread, just like the pasta, um, just like anything white versus brown, just about, right? And due to this processing, the germ and the bran, as we said, are removed. So in white bread, they take the germ and the bran out and only the starchy white endosperm is left, just like we said before. This makes it less nutritious. I mean, they're taking out the nutritious part when they do that. And a lot of white bread also has added sugar. Some even has added high fructose corn syrup, which just about kills me which is why you always need to read the labels of your foods, even your bread, okay? Make sure they're not adding high fructose corn syrup to your bread. Now, this is the important thing. You need to look for 100% on the label, okay? When browsing the bread aisle at your grocery store, I want you to look for the term 100% whole grain or 100% whole wheat on the package. It's so, so important that it says that because although different grains offer different benefits, many whole grain breads are primarily made with wheat. And if you're looking for a nice mix of grains, which is great, just check that ingredient label. Primary ingredients should be the first 
thing listed when you look at that label and listed in order of the amount within the loaf. So it could have wheat, it could have oats, it could have flax seeds, barley, buckwheat, all great things. Make sure that they are the first things listed on that label. Now, what you want to be cautious of are terms like wheat or multigrain that don't mention a percentage anywhere on the package. They sound healthy, don't they? But they're probably made with partially or mostly refined white flour. And this is very interesting because if, if you just see wheat flour, wheat flour is 75% white flour and 25% whole wheat. So it's not enough to just see wheat flour in the ingredients. Enriched is another clever term that they put on a lot of different breads and a lot of foods on the labels. Um, basically, enriched means that they have added some kind of nutrient to the bread. Because white bread basically is nutrient-free, right? When they enrich things, they have now added nutrients to basically a nutrient-free white bread. So when you see the word on the label that says enriched, it's recommended you just put it down because that means they've added a bunch of, I wanna say the word crap, but they probably added a lot of crap to that bread. Now, unless you find that 100% on the package and whole wheat listed as the first ingredient on the label, the bread is simply a refined loaf with synthetic nutrients added to replenish those nutrients that they took out in the milling process. So I think that's really important because we're easily confused when you go over to that bread aisle, which now has 6,000 choices. I mean, there's a lot of overwhelm when you go to the market these days. And if you don't have this kind of education, why would you know that when you picked up that bread that said, you know, whole wheat, but then you didn't look to see if it was 100% whole wheat and it had, oh, it has whole wheat flour in it, but then you didn't, why would you know that whole wheat flour is only 25% whole wheat and the rest is basically refined? Lots of information there, right? So I think the real takeaway is make sure on that bread, it says 100% somewhere on the package. Make sure that whole wheat is the first ingredient. If you are looking for a whole wheat bread, um, those are the things to really think about. But white bread, you can just basically, you can toss that right out. That's never gonna be an option in my house. No white bread, you're going for the brown bread, but you want it to be 100% so you can get maximal nutrition in your bread. Next up. White potato, sweet potato. This one has changed for me over the years, just so you know, has changed for me, just being honest, okay? Sweet and regular potatoes, they're both a tuberous root vegetable. They differ in appearance, obviously, they differ in taste as well. They come from separate plant families, other different nutrients, and affect your blood sugar differently. They're different kinds of potatoes, right? Now, the sweet potatoes are often touted as being healthier than white potatoes, but in reality, you guys, both types are highly nutritious and can be eaten, just so you know. Now, sweet potatoes wins on a chart, meaning that if we look at the protein, the fat, the carbs, all this stuff on the chart, sweet potatoes has just a little bit better nutrient value 
than white potatoes. Let me give you an example. So for calories, white potato, 92 calories, sweet potato, 90. Okay, so sweet potato wins by two calories. Uh, not a lot. I mean, that's pretty negligent right there. Um, they both have two grams of protein, so nobody wins that. They both have 0.15 grams of fat. Nobody wins that. They both have 21 grams of carbs, so same exact carbs, right? The sweet potato has 3.3 grams of fiber. The white potato has 2.1. So again, like I said, sweet potato wins on the chart by a little tiny bit. Um, potassium is the one thing that the white potato wins. It has a little bit more, 17% of the DV is what white potatoes have versus 10% on the sweet potato. But otherwise, sweet potato has a little more of everything. It has a little more calcium um, or it has the same. So to say that a sweet potato is always gonna be healthier, I mean, not really by very much, <laughs> just so you know. Now, sweet potatoes differ from a lot of potatoes, as I said, in appearance and taste and slightly in nutrition. Both sweet and regular potatoes, they provide a variety of nutrients. Um, not only are they a carbohydrate, but they're a healthy carbohydrate. Don't be afraid of healthy, real food carbohydrates. They both have fiber, they have vitamin C, antioxidants. Now, while white potatoes are higher in potassium, as I said, the sweet potatoes actually have a lot more vitamin A. So one wins one, one wins the other. One thing you wanna know is that potatoes may affect your blood sugar a little bit differently. Um, that just depends on the type, the serving size, and other factors. But I think everyone should know that overall, sweet and regular potatoes, they both can fit into a healthy diet. So of course it depends how you prepare them. If you're putting a ton of sour cream or butter on that white potato and stuffing it with God knows what, <laughs> that's going to impact if it's healthy for you. Um, how much oil you use when you cook them, how you cook them, what you cook them in. All of those things are probably going to impact nutrition more than the actual food of white potato or sweet potato. So when I said this has changed for me, I used to, I'll, I'm just being honest, I used to really avoid white potatoes all the time. Probably until I started gardening because now I grow my own potatoes and I grow white potatoes, red potatoes, I grow sweet potatoes too. Um, and if I grow it in the ground and it's organic, I have this thing. Real food is good for me. I'm not growing candy. So if I grow white potatoes, I feel that that is a very healthy, nutritious food. It's coming from the earth, it's coming from the ground. I planted it, it's all organic. There's no way it's bad for me. So I have changed my thoughts, meaning I do eat white potatoes now. Um, do I eat them all the time? No, but I don't eat sweet potatoes all the time either. They are still a high starchy carb, but they're a healthy carb. So if I eat one of them once a week, that that's probably a lot. I probably eat potatoes once every other week, but highly nutritious. You can have either one. I would just say, you know, in moderation, meaning you can't just have sweet potatoes all the time you have to include many other food groups and nutrients, all right? So that's a good one for you to know. Okay, here's a good one for you to know. Black beans 
or pinto beans. Huh. Some people have a real favorite and some people have no idea which one is actually more nutritious. Well, black beans come out slightly ahead in nutritional terms, okay? A lot of people just always think black beans are healthier and they do come out slightly ahead of pinto beans, right? From a nutritional perspective, black beans are more nutritionally dense than pinto beans, but that's not to say that pinto beans are unhealthy, not at all. Both types of beans contain manganese, iron, vitamin B1, potassium, magnesium, phosphorus, all really great things that we need in our diet. However, black beans have a higher density of these nutrients per gram than the actual pinto beans do. Now, black beans are higher in protein, so that's always a bonus, and fiber per cup than pinto beans. Black beans also have fewer carbs and starch than pinto beans. So again, they're slightly better than pinto beans, kind of like sweet potatoes are slightly better than the white potato. What about antioxidants that help us fight harmful bacteria and remain healthy? Well, black beans have slightly more of those too. Pinto beans also have a higher sodium content. So again, you can see <laughs> the black bean is winning right now, but it's not by a lot. A concern with pinto beans can be the high sodium for sure. If you're one of my clients, you know we check sodium all the time, so I could see why that would be of concern for you. Um, if you're watching your sodium intake, you can cook your own pinto beans so that way they're not in a can with a ton of sodium in them. That's gonna definitely help take that sodium level way down. Any beans in a can are usually high, 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 high sodium. Any food in a can is high, high, high sodium. A lot of beans these days, you can get no sodium. So it's something to check. If you do get beans in a can, just always make sure you rinse them really well in water. Now, pinto beans have a slightly higher fat content per cup than black beans, but keep in mind that these two legumes are extremely low in fat for their nutrient density and are both wonderful staples of a healthy, heart-friendly diet. So blacker pinto, Black wins, meaning a black beans has slightly more nutrients, but by no means do you have to avoid pinto beans. If you like them, you can still have them. Um, they're not bad for you by any means. So there you go on that. And those are the main this or that. Now, I recently did a segment on Studio 512. If, if you're a local to Austin, that's a TV show. And I did this week a little segment that was a this or that. So I just want to include a few of those in here as well. A little bit different than what we just went over, but some really good swaps that maybe you can make this summer to just make sure that your summer stays as healthy as possible. And even for your kids. So one of the swaps was... Cereal, in the morning, do you or your kids have cereal? And when I say cereal, I'm talking the kind where you pour it out of the box and you put the milk on top. Usually, most cereals, especially for the kids, are really high in sugar. So if you're eating a sugar cereal and then you're putting milk on top of it, and just so you know, milk 
is very high in sugar. I'm not telling you that milk is bad for you and I'm not telling you not to drink milk. I drink milk. I have it in moderation because it's very high in sugar. It's also very high in calcium and so the body needs that and wants that and it's also high in protein, so we do want that. But a sugar cereal with milk on top is a one big sugar bowl, right? So I would say swap out all sugar cereal. I mean, honestly, I feel like cereal in general, that kind of cereal, it's just a big bowl of carbs and not super nutritious, usually not that much protein. Um, Swap it for oatmeal. It's such a better choice. It's such a healthy grain for your body. So much more fiber, not really any sugar. I mean, it's great to add some whole fruit in there, maybe add some blueberries or strawberries to sweeten it up a bit and then you're getting even more fiber, and that is a great swap for you and the kids. You might wanna get out of that cereal habit. If it's an easy go-to, I totally get it, but it's not always the most nutritious. What about sugary drinks? I mean, they kinda come up all summer long, especially for the kids. We sort of crave that fountain drink. It's nice and cold, it's nice and crisp, it's hot outside, or the kids or you might even really like that cold Gatorade. Um, It's thirst quenching as we know. (laughs) Again, sounds really good in the heat. But any sugary drinks, even those iced teas that are loaded, the sweetened iced teas, they're loaded in sugar. They are so bad for you. The amount of sugar in these drinks, these sodas, these even the Gatorade that you're grabbing at the market, so high in sugar, so bad for you. You've got to find a way to take in more water during the summertime and less sugary drinks. So, What I like to do is in the summer, I have a big pitcher on the counter full of water, and every day I like to put something in that water to make it a little more fun. Um, Maybe it's slices of lemon, slices of lime. I love to put slices of cucumber from the garden in there. It sort of makes that spa water, which is so refreshing. You could even put slices of orange, even slices of strawberry. It gives the water sort of this little essence flavor. I'm not saying that it's gonna be as sweet as a soda, it's not. But it gives it a little bit of essence and what I have found is that kids, even teenagers, they actually kind of like it. Like it's, I don't know, it's sort of more fun to drink water when they walk by and it's full of strawberries in it um, or lemons in it. It's sort of more refreshing than just getting water all the time. So. If you can swap out the sugar drinks as much as much as possible, even for your kids, trust me, um, doing something like I said, uh, water all summer that has something in it, something fun, but that's a low calorie thing. You're not actually like, I'm not eating the strawberries in the water, I'm not eating the orange in the water, it's just giving that water a little hint of flavor. And then the last thing that I talked about on the television show is, you know, It's summertime and I know you wanna have a sweet treat a lot. It's so fun, you're on vacation or you know, your schedule's a little more relaxed and it's just fun to have dessert at night. But you don't wanna have dessert every single night. Trust me, you don't wanna have cookies, cake, candy. I mean, you want to, (laughs) I get that. But you also don't wanna be up 10 pounds after this summer, right? So do yourself a favor and limit the amount of sweet treats by swapping in something like a yogurt parfait. Now, a yogurt parfait is what? It's basically yogurt with some fruit in it. Maybe you put like one square of a graham cracker at the bottom and then a scoop of Greek yogurt, which is super high in protein, maybe some blueberries and strawberries on top of that, and maybe a sprinkle of granola. That takes all of three 
seconds to make. Like, honestly, the only thing that takes time is pulling those things out of the refrigerator and the cabinet, and then it takes two seconds to make it. It is so simple, and you're going to get the sweet flavor that you're craving. You're also gonna get high protein. You're gonna get the fiber in the fruit, and it's gonna take care of the sweet tooth after dinner. Think about things like that. Like set yourself up for success by having a plan for that sweet tooth this summer. Maybe it's an apple with peanut butter. For me, that does it all the time. Like, yes, I want the chocolate chip cookie, but if I tell myself, oh, during the week, I'm not having the chocolate chip cookie, I have the apple and peanut butter, it does satisfy the craving. Like it satisfies the sweet tooth. So just have some of those swaps on hand. The yogurt parfait happens to be um, a big one in my house that we like to have. And make sure you have those ingredients just available and on hand so you can make these swaps. So I hope you learned a little something today. Which is healthier, this or that? When do you need to make a choice, this or that? Or when are either one maybe appropriate and still healthy? Lots of great information. I hope you can put it all into play and have such a fantastic summer ahead. I just want you to be healthy and have fun this summer and be safe. So we're going to be talking a lot about sort of summer tricks and summer hacks all summer long to keep you fit and not up 10 pounds by the time fall rolls around. So keep tuning in for the podcast, Earn That Body, always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.